Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's the Labor Day sale at Ace. Now through Monday only, buy two gallons of our top paint brands, Valspar, Clark & Kensington, and Royal, and get the third gallon free. And with the Ace Extra Mile promise, if it ever takes more than one trip to complete your paint project, we'll bring you what you need and deliveries free. Don't miss the buy two, get one free paint sale only at Ace. Limit two free gallons of equal or lesser value. Prices may vary. Delivery subject to availability. Visit acehardware.com for more details. Feed me more. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy. I am the Big Guy Ryback, and I'm sitting here with the one, Pat Buck. Hey, everybody. This is Pat Buck. We're on, a, we're on episode five. Uh, we've been off and running for months strong, even though we've been recording this in one session. Uh, booze is starting to get to me, so I might be a little slower on this episode. But uh, <laughs> I'm all right, though, so hopefully I could uh, yeah, catch up throughout this episode. We... Uh, I think when we started this, we just like we, we had all these different ideas and topics, and now I'm starting to realize this really is just one big conversation. And uh, yeah, you know, I think I think we're just we're just talking about we're just kind of reminiscing and, and talking about shit and things we remember that entertain us. And I think they'll entertain people one because they're interesting stories, but two because eh, we're all it's real. Yeah, it's real, and we all want to hear like stuff in and arounds. Wrestling's always been the kind of. Uh, focal point of yeah i guess i guess so it's been the common denominator of everything that we that we've based our fucking lives around fake fighting (laughs) those fake punches (laughs) and fake kicks (laughs) they don't like hearing that i got a lot of when i did some snapchats on a periscope thing a little back just to kind of you know say hi to everybody and then you get you you know these fucking marks and like show up on your timeline on Twitter and whatnot. And I block each and every one of them, uh, cause they don't deserve to be in my world of positivity, but <laughs> who just are outraged that I use that word. I'm like, motherfucker, I've been the, I've been doing this. I've lived this. I know it. I know how real it is and whatnot, but don't kid yourself. That's it's fake punches and fake kicks. So it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, but we love it. We all love it. We love it. Respect yeah. it. We, we, we absolutely. Know. But, uh, I don't know where we were last time. My memory's kind I of think it's, foggy. Uh, we were talking about a point where you got like rehired. I'm in yeah. my fucking five year depression. Actually, you're no, still not hired. Still not hired. <laughs> watching everybody leaving. Uh, That's while you're still plugging away. And I think and, I've wrestled five people, and they've been they've been signed. Not necessarily because of that match, because I don't know if that really is a real thing. Like. Uh, I think it was more just take bumps for these guys, and they've gotten higher. They had their eye on those guys already to begin yeah. with. And I think you were always the guy that, like, they kind of organized that where they knew they were going to get a good match out of it. Where they, I appreciate that. I don't even know what that much thought was. No, but I think they, I think it was the, that was the safe bet. You know, put Pat in there with him that he will get a match out of him. Whereas, yes, the, it was more of a gamble with other talents. Where they, like, I think that they were convinced they had their eye on these people. And they would have had to royally fucked up to really uh, not get hired. And that was my whole pitch to them. I was like, uh, because the whole time period where you and I were around developmental, the only guy in charge was Laurinaitis. And and my whole thing was, okay, you don't believe in me. Just hire me so I can work with other people. 
I'll stay in the fucking system and collect yeah. a paycheck. But eh. I've always said you need guys like that, and they they did that like like the fucking baseball. Like like you need people working that are never going to get yeah. called up. And Kalen Croft and in like a guy like you know Kalen Croft, yeah. um, the Dude Busters with him and Trent Beretta, uh, and Kalen Croft was so good at making other people look good. And yeah, he was he was light as a feather, and uh, everybody loved him, and he. He never took anything personal, and he enjoyed going out there and making other talents. And mm-hmm. and but they were like, "Oh, you don't have the mindset that you want to be world champion. Fuck yes. you, you're fired." And it's like, what are you doing? Like, no, we need these guys. Yeah. You need guys that want to play ball and want like. That's why I said everybody's important, and like, and they are. And and, and but they end up ruining guys' values so much, and then they're like, "Oh, you're a piece of shit. See you later." And it's just stupid. Yeah, I'm. That's and now Croft too, who's pretty talented. Uh, I think it's awesome that he's a full blown what is he art teacher, teacher yeah yeah like you know and yeah. uh, married living life and, and doing very well for himself and he has his act together and he's very thankful for his time in pro wrestling but he's one of those guys that was able to move on from it and and not let it consume him and, and be bitter or negative and, and be cool with it yeah and it made him who he is today and, and I always enjoy whenever I get a vox from him and um, he's still one of he's one of, in my circle of guys I talk to so yeah he's great. Uh, I myself am very bitter, but I use that uh, bitter. I, I don't know. It fuels I think, uh, your desire. Exactly. Yeah. That's my thing. I kind of put that in a lot of people's heads. And I think people have actually taken this idea and kind of been like, but, but I always work. It's okay bitter. to be bitter or exactly. be angry as long as you There's, use it for in a positive way. And not even a, it, it, or in a, in a way, yeah. in a way where like you're not fucking like, there's plenty of guys I know that were wrestling and they're not wrestling anymore and they're not actively pursuing it. And they're just, bitching about wrestling and i'm going for me i just kept bitching about it to myself to everybody while working hard and i went to a point where and i'm sorry if i'm rambling on this episode but i said i need to fucking create something for myself yeah. I created my promotion and created my you know started my wrestling schools and stuff and yep. and, I'm, and now uh hijacking all your bookings as your, <laughs> as, as your agent and uh, I'll be running the coupon scam on me now. Uh, <laughs> getting my brothering myself on these uh, world tours coming up. I think uh, I'm uh, working you for the next three months. <laughs> there was a couple of promotions like, can he just work you? And I'm like, well, yeah, he could can but... he bring the fur trunks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that before. I was wondering if that is that is that professional or not? And I was like, ah, who the fuck cares? What like, fur trunks? No, no, no. <laughs> working each other. It, it, it is. Some circles would 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 uh, in the northeast area be okay. Okay, anywhere else, be like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like, it's actually the the, the forty five hundred is like, oh, we'll give you thirty five, and you keep the grant. Like you're lowering my bookings and taking the other portion to to get the match. But uh, no, it's all in good fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to these upcoming bookings because right too, now, as we talk I can't about, wait to wrestle again. It's, I mean, I, I, and hopefully by the time this airs, I should be back and in, in working. A, you know, I know I got some signings early on. A lot of signings. I had the nose and ear surgery, which a lot of people, we didn't talk about that. And, you know, I had a hole in my eardrum for 11 years. I got hit in my ear. Deep South? Deep South Wrestling. And uh, Eric Perez uh, hit me with the palm of his hand. He just added me on Facebook yesterday. Oh, really? It's weird, yeah. He, you know, he he lived with me briefly. And uh, there was a lot of weird shit that went on down in Deep South and in we don't have to necessarily go here or there with it, but I got my eardrum busted and uh, it was bad. The hole never healed up. Mm-hmm. And um, so I couldn't like, I haven't been able to go underwater or do swim or like I've got ear infections for 11 years. Cause like you get a little bit of shower water in there yeah, and, and it just, it, it flares it up and, uh, and you know, 
the WWE, I always had to the, the doctors there always had to prescribe me eardrops. And it was just to the point where, um, this last year on the road, I was home and I woke up one morning and my entire left side of my face, it looked like I had a tumor growing out of my jaw and I, I just out of nowhere from going to sleep being totally fine this year. Or? Yeah. And, uh, it was on my left side. And so I was out of the eardrops for a while and I would always like, I'd use the eardrops and my ear would be good for a while. And then it would just, you're so busy on the road. And I would always kind of know I could feel it when it was coming on the ear infection. This one though, I didn't, it just hit me one night, my fate, the ear infection went, what happens is, and I didn't know this, it goes into your face. Okay. And then a lot of Navy SEALs, I guess, get this is what I was told, where they have like they have ruptured eardrums or you know, perforation of their eardrum. And uh, the infection can spread inside your body and you can eventually can go to your limbs. And they, a lot of people have Holy had shit. limbs amputated. And I just know from the fact that my entire left side of my face looked like I had just this huge balloon blowing out of mm-hmm. the side of my cheek. And so I thought, you know, at the time I didn't even, cause I didn't have any symptoms of the ear infection. I was like, Oh, maybe I got bit by something or so that day, like, I think I took a Benadryl or two and, and I went about the day. I'll be fine that next night. And I, you know, I have sleep apnea and I have to wear the mask. I couldn't even put the mask on. It mm-hmm. hurt so bad. And I tried to fall asleep and I took, I think I took like some Z-Quil or something to try to, I could, I was just lying there and it just hurt so bad. And it was like three 30 in the morning and I had to go drive across town to the urgent care, uh, emergency. And they had to give me antibiotics and these really strong eardrops. Uh, and they told me like, you're going to have to eventually get this fixed. It's, it's that hole is really good sized. And, um, so when everything happened here with, when, you know, when I decided to walk away, the one thing I said is that in my nose, which I got broken also my first year, it was, and I've never been able to breathe through my nose ever mm-hmm. like and it was uh it was like please i want to get this fixed yeah. and and it was just after that i got it fixed and and i'm finally better but i got it i think i got i got one more week to go before my nose i'm allowed to like that's right okay so you got like to give it a little bit of time for the bone everything is it feels great now but i have one more week essentially before i could like restart resume like jujitsu boxing and, and wrestling training and whatnot so huh i'm looking forward to it where the fuck were we how do we get to the injuries part? Just, I think we're talking about going to FCW period, essentially, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But we're just going where the story takes <laughs> us, uh, or the booze. No, but it's um, getting rehired and going down to FCW and and being back in the developmental uh, developmental system, and uh, it's amazing this journey and looking back and reliving all of this. And um, I look at that period and and. FCW and I, I was gone from home for seven years by the time I moved back. Sure, WWE and that was that's a long time to be gone. And before you even make it, because you're when you make it to the road, you're gone. Yeah, but at least you get to go home for at least a day. Did you go home at all? Uh, only for Christmas. One, I didn't go home for two years at one point. I mean, when you got rehired, I went home briefly. Okay, that was the first Christmas home in two years. All right, um, which was a long time to be away from home and not see anybody. I didn't talk to my parents there for probably a good portion of a year. I believe I was just so depressed and ashamed of myself. And if they, I think they would call and call and call and like, it might be a quick conversation real quick. Something I got to go by. And like, I was just so it was, it went on way too long. And, well, that's one of the things now. I live five minutes from my dad, and my mom lives in my two-bedroom apartment suite at home. That's amazing. I'm very thankful that I've been. My sister's in Reno. She she likes living there. She's married. Uh, and I have my dogs and my dad and my mom all within five minutes of myself. And um, 
so I'm always thankful for what wrestling has allowed me to do with that and to kind of bring my family closer together. And it's a work in progress. Well, especially so. because, too, and I think people don't equate, like, you know, again, I've mentioned this before, the whole kind of, quote, prejudice thing. Yeah. Because I pe- think people may not look at you and go, you didn't pay your dues. Yeah. That you're not a fucking, but it's like, you hear all this, you, you live so far from home for so long. Yeah. We um, all pay them in different ways. Yeah. Some is seen, some is unseen. and That's a good point. In this day and age, it's like they feel like I think they have to see it to for it to happen. Or they, yeah, they have to hear about it. They have to yeah. hear about the long indie journeyman trail, and um, not that I'm much of a of a journeyman. I mean, I've been around for a while, but you know, um, it's always like, hurt me though when I hear I, I hear the negative things because I'm like they just don't know me, and I when I I always feel it's, all the negative stuff is from people that don't know me, and, and it just is like guys, come on, like. Don't be so judgmental. You you haven't walked in my shoes. You don't know what I... Well, you know, I can equate that to something. And it kind of... Not that it, it, it bugs me, but it kind of does bug me. Is that I feel that there are... There's so many tales in wrestling and so many people that I think fans honestly should know about. Whether it be independently or that are not... Maybe... I don't know. Like, uh, there's so many journeymen and wrestlers that fans don't know about because they don't tip, they don't work for the promotions that are accepted by the smarky population. Yeah. And it's kind of upsetting because I've known of people who have worked over a decade in wrestling and smart fans think they know everything and, and, and everyone, um, you know, myself in, included with, uh, this was kind of a bummer, but at the same time I accept it and I run with it. Like, you know, Cody walks away from WWE and he makes a list of people he wants to wrestle. Yeah. And I'm on that list. And, um, that's a tremendous honor. I'd yeah, feel it was like. cool, yeah. you know, and it was like, because I was his first match and, uh, we all are connected. Me, you, Cody, and yeah, with that whole, that whole, you know, brotherhood OVW of people, crew. you know, and, um, and everyone's like, Oh, I know everybody on the list except Pat Buck. And I'm like, yeah. motherfucker, I started in 2001. Yep. Um, and it's a shame because there's a lot of people with that, you know, I think, I think as wrestling goes on, there's, there's luckily there's been more exposure for, I think that it's a good time in wrestling where there's not companies up and coming, but, um, it's a good time to be a professional wrestler in terms of there's more opportunity from guys on the independence, but yeah. it's also a shame where fans think they're so smart and they know everything. And I love all the fans I do, but there's some that just go, if you, if you're not in these three or three different promotions who the fuck are you we yeah. don't care about you and i think that sucks and it's they just have to be more open to the way they think and you know that's one of the things with you i've always admired is your work ethic uh i think that's one of the one of the things that we kind of have in common and uh i remember you know living together in utah i just busted out 500 hindu squats and like mm-hmm. i always like i'm in the gym three four hours a lot of times and just i think we have that work ethic thing in common and uh everything you have is because of your work ethic and everything i have is because of my work ethic and i think that's kind of the common connection and and everybody works hard in their own way and in different ways but uh it, it sucks to when you hear negative things like that and you know that the work that you put in and you know, you're talented, you know how good you are. Uh, but because they haven't necessarily seen you before because mm-hmm. they're limited to their views of what they watch and whatnot. So it's just, it, it was, a, it is what it is and you just make the most of it and you use it to fuel you and drive you and to even work harder, uh, and for yourself. But I think that comes to, you know, who and what you are. I know who and what sure. I am. And, uh, it sucks to hear that sort of thing from people, but like you just can't, you can't let it, can't let it affect you negatively and you never have but it's you know it goes to show you but also at the same time too sometimes i you know i'm very thankful for like i said you've had your whole documented 
you know, people at least knew you're an OVW, you're an FCW, you debut on the rock, you go to NXT, what the first show, have your run. Um, it kind of brings us to the point now because I think the last time we talked, it was basically you going to FCW, yeah. And I, I followed shortly and I tried to be a referee, yep. Um, but more so how you, you get rehired as a character, yeah, as fuck Ryback, Ryback, this yeah. Terminator thing, this could draw some money for us. This guy's a badass. He has a built-in persona based off Terminator because, I mean... I had to adjust it uh, from what it was at OVW because it was very machine and we're not selling a lot and whatnot. And we were, okay, this is now WWE contracted talent. But at the same time, you and I both know that if anything's pushed the right way, it'll fucking work. Absolutely. It's like... But again, once you... Or in the system, you gotta you gotta work within the system, and yeah. uh, you have people making the calls above you, and that are doing the reports, and you can't really no. This is what I need to be doing. This is going to work, and you yep. kind of got to adjust, and um, and we did just that. But I, I'll never forget going down there, and I I was so big on mental preparation, and I and I to this day am that I remember I would sh- I showed up in the Ryback character on promo day down there whatever with dusty roads and i got so much out of this and it and you know you never do it those promos were always harder than a promo in front of a crowd because they're in front of your peers in a cold yeah. arena that's the worst and everybody's fucking judging the fucking and worst Kurt, Kurt, what do you think about that what do you think about that and like you don't want to have to say anything bad no. about your but like everybody you would like they force it kind of like well i thought he could have been better on then like well fuck you like it just was a it was a horrible environment but it was also it was it was good in many other ways, but um, I remember just sitting in the corner, hyping myself up, um, talking to my promo and like to the wall. Uh, and then finally, I just turned around. I was like, I'm ready. And I went up there and I nailed it. And Dusty put me on TV. I came right in. And that was when like, like with NXT now and like, it's like, it's not easy to get on TV necessarily no. with and it was like FCW at that time. It's like they had their TV established and they kind of had their guys. And sure. so like it you was kind of slot and you have how many guys are like yeah. 40, 50, 60 So like guys. new guys coming in, don't necessarily get put right on TV. No. And, and I came in and they put me right on TV and it was like, we were off and running, mm. but it was, so I had, um, to, to tie this all in my first year in deep South wrestling. And I've talked about how difficult that was down there. There was a point down there where I injured my right shoulder mm-hmm. and I was, and it, things are not like they are now. Whereas if you get hurt or you get injured or you think you might've tweaked something where you go get it looked at to avoid anything more serious and whatnot. And I tweaked my shoulder and uh, rather than kind of letting it rest maybe for a day or two, getting sure. it checked out, I had to then run a clothesline drill on everybody um, and clothesline guys as they ran into me as hard as they can. And I had to force them to bump. Um, was oh. the exa- yeah. There was Who a lot. Who was this? Fuck that. It, it was down with Bill DeMott. And I love oh, it. Was, it was this yeah. Deep South. Deep South. I thought it was FCW. I was like, no. that sounds weird. And so this is to my shoulder. I fucked up my shoulder really, really bad down there after that drill. Like it was, I tweaked it. And it wasn't, I've, it was there were a lot of ridiculous, you hear a lot of things and, and, and it was what it was. And I, and I've taken all of it out of it and, um, but it's the truth. It's what happened. Yeah. And like, so I'm not going to fucking lie and act like it didn't happen. It happened. And, and it hurt me really bad. And I, I just always thought like, Oh, this is wrestling. You just wrestle hurt and you deal with it. And it got to the point that years of working out with this and whatnot that I had torn my shoulder. Uh, I had, I torn my, um, I did 
tear in my rotator cuff and a rear tear in my labrum, but I had torn my bicep tendon mm-hmm. that was hanging by a thread. They told me they, they were amazed. Like it was still like a ta- I was curling and like hmm. everything. And like, they said, you're one curl essentially away Jesus. from this thing, your bicep just rolling down. And, uh, so I had to get it fixed. So, uh, I'm in there. I was so paranoid cause you, I had just gotten rehired and, and at that time, I'm not going to speak up and go, well, this was sure, an injury from sure, three sure. years ago. This is what happened. You just didn't talk about it. And, and it kind of just was the way things were and, and sent and got it fixed. And, uh, it kind of took away a lot of the m- momentum that I'd had as, as the Ryback character. So here I come back, I'm not back wrestling yet, but I'm about to be cleared. And, uh, I remember undertaker came down to FCW mm-hmm. And you were here for this. You were, I think we were living together yeah. at this point. And CM Punk actually was there uh, with the Taker. And I'd spent a bunch of money on, got a new Ryback outfit made. And I was all, you know, geeked up and jazzed up to, to I had a promo cut on The Undertaker for mm-hmm. Ryback. And um, it was it was a weird thing having him just sitting there staring at you as you're in the ring and cutting a promo on him. And you're like, sure. who's this guy? You know what I mean? And, uh, but I thought it was... I'd put my heart and soul into it. And, uh, I remember afterwards, I think you like Taker didn't approve of it or something. Didn't it, it was something along the lines of like, it's two eighties. Yeah. Or like it's not believable. I think that was kind of, they like said it was two eighties and which is funny looking back Coming from the man that throws lightning. Yeah. I mean the greatest worker. Absolutely. Essentially ever, but still. And at like, that point, when you're in developmental, you get the critique, you know, you just fucking get critiqued left and right. That's, that's what, that's the name of the game yeah. and you just take it and, and everything happened for a good reason with all that. But so when you get a guy like the undertaker says something like that, it's gospel. Yeah. It, it's changes have to be made. Um, so I get called in the office with dusty Rhodes, and he just tells me, he goes, uh, he goes, I want you to do, he was your funny guy. I, uh, we need to get away from this Ryback character. And I'm, defeated probably like, yeah. everything in my mind with with the positivity and i'd created this and this we have something with this and you just love this what are you talking about now you you're being told you can't like this but you told me you love this and he goes i need you to come up with a new character um and he goes i want you to i go well, can you help me out like mm-hmm. and he goes all these stupid football players like they hire with no experience yeah the real goes, stories yeah he goes he goes you're not like that he goes but i want you to make fun of it and he goes, you're a stupid former football player. And I, I go, okay. And I went home and I remember that night I didn't put in, I was, fuck this. This is stupid. I'm not going to, this is, I'm Ryback. I mm-hmm. fucking created Ryback. And um, the next day, I think it was like the weekend or something. And the next day I reread the secret again and I go, this is an opportunity to make, make something, it work. to make it work. And I started watching wrestling and I saw a thing for, on one of the wrestling DVDs for Sheffield, England. And I just remember I loved Gary Sheffield, uh, the baseball player as a kid. Okay. And I go, Sheffield's a cool last name. <laughs> and, and then somewhere, uh, I don't know if it was, I remember being a kid my when I was a guest bell ringer at 13 years old at Thomas and Mac. I've talked about this mm-hmm. in countless interviews that uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard, who to this day has been such a the huge man. influence. I love the man. Dr. Tom, if you're listening, thank you for, for just believing in me and letting me go out there and have fun the first person to ever do that. And, uh, I don't know if it was something I was watching something. I remember that moment and it was, you know, the skip was one of the names of one of the body Donna's and, sure. and I don't know for whatever reason, the name skip Sheffield kind of popped in my head and I was skip Sheffield. Like I can, 
I could do something. Oh, sounds like a happy go lucky piece of shit. And also, my first year in Deep South Wrestling, there was this happy go lucky piece of shit. Dumb fuck corn fed meathead. Still my favorite character. It most fun I've ever had to this day. The uh, there was a guy at Deep South Wrestling named Skip who was a firefighter, a big bald headed firefighter who was like looked like he could just eat you alive, but he was the nicest man in the world. So that was kind of the motivation. All that in one with Skip Sheffield with that. Well, that's kind of a stupid name, but you have this physical look that kind of says otherwise. I get it. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, and then, so I started brainstorming with that. And then I was like, well, Dusty likes, you know, Texas. Texas and uh, Texas and um, yeah, Texas A&M. There's A&M Longhorns or, and there's the... No, Longhorn. Uh, Texas Longhorn. Sorry. So College Station is what he didn't like. Uh, so I was like, I'll be from College Station. I'll be a big, dumb, stupid College Station fucking redneck. And... Uh, in the shower one night, I was like trying to come up with a promo, and I don't know where it came out, but I just said, yep, yep, yep. And then I remembered Nick Mitchell down. He used to be part of uh, sure, Mitch from the Spirit fun. Squad. He used to say, what it do? Okay. Down, that was kind of like, what it do? What it do? And like the Miz, that was kind of always like, we all were around each other, that circle. And, and I just, yep, 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 what it do? And I remember, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Okay. Or not cool. Sure. But that was where... The ball started, you know, the wheel started turning for Skip Sheffield. And uh, I wrote a promo out, came up with this stupid cowboy accent, what I thought was a cowboy accent or whatnot, and uh, had these tight blue jeans with these brown, like, tight boot shoes. Mm-hmm. And I brought in a can of butter spray because Skip Sheffield wouldn't put on baby oil. He would put on butter spray for whatever fucking reason. And I went up there one day and cut a promo and the entire class stood up and applauded. And it was like Skip Sheffield was born. I right think they were there. into the character. Or they appreciated the fact more that you were stepping outside a comfort zone and doing your fucking job as a good soldier and listening to, I don't know. I would have li- liked to believe that Skip Sheffield elicited <laughs> that response out of the crowd. He'd, he'd reeled him in. Uh, but it, we feel bad for it. No, it, it could have been that I had been this terminator type character and very serious yeah and they just saw a whole other side of me and i think that was a big part of it that this guy's willing to step out of his comfort zone and try anything and uh and it was one of those moments it was because in we're all vowing you know vying for that to get the fuck out of there yeah and and, and like you want everyone to do good but you don't want anyone to do better than you and or whatnot and it's kind of like the mindset and um so it was that was a big moment and and skip sheffield was born and and dusty Rhodes, you, you know used skip sheffield on everything and i was i was booked on every tv on every live event uh i always had adequate tv time he gave me promo time every week and uh well i mean it goes to goes to clearly that was it because when they did the nxt project they picked the you know whatever seven or eight yeah top guys and and john lord i just always said in in at that point in time skip sheffield was and not tooting my own horn i was with the FCW crowd, I was very over down there, mm-hmm. I feel like. And that was kind of, I feel, what John and Lauren, I just always used to say, like, get over in developmental and we'll give you an opportunity on the main roster. And I think that was, I had earned it at that point. And, and that was part of the, you know, the reasoning of putting me on that first season of NXT. Mm. Wow, okay. Shit. I just remember, uh, it looked like uh, it was a weird time in OVW because the system kind of, 
I was still hanging around there and uh, they were still in business and we started drawing a lot of houses that were bigger than yeah. when developmental was there. Well, that, we had Alfred, Alfred Simpson, who uh, isn't, Simpson isn't his last name, but I Alfred. I still talked to Alfred quite a bit. He messaged me a while back on Facebook, complimented, like, with everything going on. Okay. I was amazed that he was following me. I didn't have no idea. So, he, though, was, he was big on, he did a lot of the promotions. Oh, sure. Promotional stuff for FCW. And- I was saying before I went there, and I was I was still hanging around OV, while you're doing the stuff, and I was like, fuck, where do I, like, there came a point in OVW where I was like, I can't be here any longer. I've been here four and a half years. It's time to move on. I remember you, you Hawkins, uh, Trent Croft were like, Hey, just fucking move down here. Like maybe we can, um, maybe you, like, it's not the same thing, but maybe we can try to get you in the class or something. I yeah. moved, fucking followed, moved down there. And then I tried to become a referee while you, all but the you've always, so you moved down there and I don't think you moved in with me right away. No, I lived with Matthews and Bayless. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And you lived with Fletch. Becky Bayless. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> She's still uh, around. But the you actually, and you've always been very, very good with teaching other talents. Uh, and you know, with your thing, where like I, it sucked going from the system to system because like I didn't know Kern, I didn't know Norman, I didn't yeah. know anyone down there. But then, you won them over. Fairly but when quickly. I was there, everyone's like, "How the fuck does this guy know everybody?" And then I joined the beginner class, which was like kind of not humiliating, but I was like, "I got to get my way in here." That was your way of just kind of. But you, but you eventually, before you know it, you're teaching the. I was begin- teaching, right? It. Yeah. At the end, of, at the end of the class, it was. Uh, I remember I joined. Uh, basically, long story short, I was kind of trying to get my foot in FCW. All those years of OVW, they didn't go nowhere. So yeah. I was like, maybe I could be the fresh guy at FCW, and I joined the beginner program. And at first they're like, okay, maybe this kid's, they didn't know what the fuck I could do or could not do. And I didn't know Norman. I didn't know Kern. I didn't know, I knew doc, but, uh, you know, I didn't know the powers of, I didn't know dusty and I joined the beginner program and they're, they're like, why the fuck are you here? But by the end of, or shortly there, they were like, Hey, Norman's in one ring, Kern's in the other. And then they had me in the other one yeah. fucking teaching, you know, people that would eventually be hired. <laughs> yeah. Brittany bead, I think was one of them. Jamie keys. Yeah. Jamie she keys. is one of them. Had a short run in WWE. That's right. She would actually pay me for private lessons. That was one of the best. Oh, lucky you. Gigs at the, at the, at the, I'd roll around there. The, I would teach her legitimately. Yeah. Like, Come on. You're getting married here. I'm sorry we can't be talking about that. It's okay. It was a pretty sweet gig. Um, That's Norman. Norman always was working with the girls. I was like, what a job. Great job. Just roll around with with hot chicks all day. That was one of the things, though. Not to fucking make this show about myself, but like the the idea came up, and Lauren I was like, oh, I'm okay with this. Where I was, I wasn't a big guy, but I wasn't small. I mean, there's the referees my size, like whatever, Chad Doan and. Yeah. uh, whatever his name is uh, i forget the other guy's name but uh they're like oh he could work with the girls and yeah. if they get lost he's a he's a good enough hand he can direct them through yeah. i'm like you're gonna hire me as a divas referee i'm like fuck yes and then uh it didn't work out and i and i remember but uh i remember that when i was like what are you doing because they wanted to hire you as a referee and you you just you had your reasons and like well they fucking told me they're like look like there's no position i had the tryout or they brought me to tv and then they came out of the production meeting and Kern's like, Oh, we just talked about you in there. And I'm like, I saw Vince there. I was like, what in there? He's like, yeah. And he's like, yo, uh, you're going to referee tonight and tomorrow. And then, um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Like, cool. And it didn't happen. I long and, story. I ended up wrestling crime time. <laughs> yeah. I remember that in Orlando. <laughs> yeah. I think it was. And I, but it, you're so much better off for that. And that's a job you don't want to have. And, no, it's not. And it's, especially it, in today's environment over there and what's required. And like, you're not just a referee and it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but you're not that type of person. So it's, you're better off not being there. 
So that was a that was a that was it. And I remember I felt kind of bad leaving the apartment too. I was like, I I can't go any further. Like because they told me there's no referee job for you at the moment, but uh, when there is one, you're getting it. I'm like, yeah, yes. And then they hired two more referees, and then. Which weren't me. You had to do what was best for you, and it wasn't staying there. And I was like, I got to go. You're like, really? You can stay around for so long and watch so many people be hired, and time and time again, like years have gone by now, and you made 100% made the right move. You you moved back home, and, and eventually look got what, the wheels going with And look shit. at what you've done. You're yeah. now sitting here in conversation with the big guy. Yeah, I've made it, guys. <laughs> shit. Let's hope this fucking sponsor money rolls in. Five viewers. <laughs> um, so I ended up... Uh, with Skip Sheffield, everything, you know, start, you know, is going well. And, and NXT comes around and, and here we go. And they picked the, the eight of us, um, Wade Barrett, Heath Slater, Darren Young, um, Daniel Bryan and Justin Gabriel, David Otunga and Michael Tarver, I believe is yeah. all of us. Uh, I apologize if I'm leaving out and I think that's everyone. Um, and we went up there and we did NXT and that show was, anything but wrestling essentially it was kind of more like of a american gladiators meets wwe creative coach? was it regal yeah it Fuck. was supposed to be uh mvp and then that, something happened with that and then it was uh switched to william regal and uh, he's always been been very very good to me and you know he's well respected amongst everyone Absolutely, there yeah. and he um he's always told me straight and he even told me right off the bat i don't think I don't think you should do this character. I, well, I go, in all fairness, I go, what am I supposed to do? I don't have a character. I can't, what is my name? What am I, this is why they brought me up here. Yeah. And I just said, I, I have to try. I don't know what else to do. And he goes, I understand that. And But like, I think he kind of, in being in the system and knowing Vince and, and whatnot, knew that this wasn't, I was playing a character and it wasn't what, true to myself. What happened? I mean, you go through the whole Nexus, was it Nexus stuff, injury, brought back as Ryback? Was that it? Yeah, but it was uh, so it's NXT, and during I think I I didn't debut on the first episode, which is kind of is like, well, geez, mm-hmm. that kind of is like, well, that sucks. It yeah. sucks, and but uh, what can you do? All right, I'm on episode two, but I can already see like I wasn't a focal point. Like it wasn't uh, what they were focusing on. And Vince came up to me I think after week two or three, and he just said. Uh, I need you to get away from this character. Mm-hmm. It, this isn't you. Uh, you're going to make me millions of dollars being yourself. And I said, cool. You know, that's, that's a lot. It's great to get that feedback from the boss that early mm-hmm. on. And, uh, but what do I do? I've already debuted as skip Sheffield. And like, now I just show back up the next week and like, he goes slowly yeah. get away from it. So as if you go back and watch that show, you'll see, I, I think I lose the cowboy hat eventually. And then I tried to like do the old Ryback spiked vest, okay. like, but it was a Skip Sheffield one. Okay. But I was just trying anything to try to get. But I I was still talking in the accent, and I I was just on there, and it was only two or three weeks of doing it. But like, you can't just change overnight. Yeah, you can't and do it. Yeah. I looking back, it would have been the easy thing to like, oh, just just start forget it never existed. And yeah. Because what I eventually just did start being serious on with the Nexus thing. So NXT runs out. We all we we do the NXT thing. Uh, Wade uh, Barrett, I believe, was the winner of it. So the rest of us didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. Like, do we go back to developmental? Or are we getting fired? It was such a weird time. and But they had this idea, I guess. 
And it was in Miami, and we're all brought to TV. Okay. And this is after NXT had, had run its course. And we're brought into a room uh, with Vince and Johnny and Michael Hayes, where they explain to us the nexus. And we have one chance, one opportunity to go out there and get over. And if we don't, we're going to be fucking fired. Mm-hmm. And like, th- I mean, our whole lives we've worked for this. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and we were not given any instructions except to go out there and just, just cause hell and to tear, tear shit apart and to go out there and get over, mm-hmm. which is the best thing you could be told to do without any. And it was re- a brilliant idea. Yeah. I mean, it was but fucking- again, they just let us go out there and do it outside of the, in, in the physicality with John. Sure. At the time, um, outside of knowing what that was going to be, none of us really knew anything else going on. Mm. Just tear the ring apart. We, let's, we haven't done this before, and let just cause chaos. And I think there was a couple things where hit this this guy here, hit that guy there, where you kind of, but we didn't know when. And like, and just, and it came. It was such a beautiful moment, and um, it was something I'll forever be thankful to be a part of, and uh, to be able to feel that. That's why you do this to feel that. Yeah, whether yeah. good or bad, it was just you, you. You made people believe in that one moment that what you're out there doing was absolutely real, and they didn't like it. Mm. And and it was such a powerful, magical thing that we had that night. And we were off and running, and and that got me away from the goofy, silly, corn-fed meathead Skip Sheffield. Problem was, my name was still fucking Skip Sheffield. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't talking with the accent. I don't think I was talking. I did a couple promos with the Nexus where we all talked in the ring and and whatnot, but it was. It was an opportunity for me to be. I felt like that was kind of booked pretty good too, in a sense where it was like Wade was a focal leader. Yeah, it felt like you were like the general in command, like yeah, the next in line. I so was like, like the the weapon of mass destruction, essentially. There. Yeah, I was like, there's actually thought into this, and it, like that's and it, I think that all naturally kind of happened in the, with the relationship me and Wade have and. Uh, we've always been very close, and he was you know clearly the verbal leader, yeah. and you know the the minds behind you know everything the brains behind everything and i'll never forget we were driving one night and this was actually remember spice uh we talked oh, about this briefly yeah. uh spice which it was i mean to give horrible. a definitive thing the wellness policy got very very strict yeah and um i mean was was weed a suspension marijuana was a i believe that's when it just got it uh yeah. they had just you know put that in there yeah and there was guys and there was a you know for those that are you know big weed people there's a there's an alternative to it and it's called now it's known as k2 but it's time, horrible it's for you terrible um but people didn't know that we there was just like everyone oh, thought this can't. was a cool legal way to like exactly and it kind of caught on and you know how everything else does and weed should be legal absolutely i think at least but like uh, or my opinion, but then the, the stuff called K2 or spice or whatever, um, a lot of the boys would, would partake in this. And let's just say the drug of choice in, in New York city where I'm from is the bums in the street don't really do crack anymore. They do K2 cause it's cheaper and it gets you that messed up and yeah. it's just not a good thing. And we were joking about this earlier where I talked about as skip Sheffield and FCW, I was at home and, uh, had, a a night with, with that stuff. Yep. And there were, were different versions of it and some were better than others. And this particular version I had, I believe it was Mr. Good time okay. was anything but a good time. <laughs> and I was watching a match of myself as skip Sheffield. And I questioned my living as a man and, and just 
internally who I was as a human being. And I, and it like, it, it was so deep that I was sitting there watching. I go, I'm a grown man and I'm fake fighting. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? And I'm pretending to be a fucking cowboy. And I couldn't, I sat there and I couldn't wrap my mind around it. And I go, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm, it, it overwhelmed me and I like I smoked a bunch more and then just passed out and woke up oh thank god I feel okay and like but I remember like just laughing and then other wrestlers had the same, same story same thing I remember they hearing would this. like just make you in, like have these tripped out feelings and like bad, very were bad they tripped story. out though because it's 100% true it's like I'm <laughs> taking these dangerous moves and I'm dressed as a yeah that's, that's really maybe it's a good drug I don't fucking know Oh man! But I, I felt very negatively about it. I remember, sure. like so. Um, but we were in a car driving, and we we at that time with all the Nexus stuff, we were told like we weren't allowed to associate with the other guys. It was you know, kayfabe was in full effect, mm. and we had to ride together, work out together, not talk to. And if we saw John Cena in the gym, we weren't even to look at him. Mm. It was like that. That was that enforced, or so we thought at the time. Sure. Um, and we're in the car driving, and I remember I was. I had a little bout with it and I just, I go, you're either Nexus or you're against us. And like, then like Heath or somebody like said it back and then whoever else, Gabriel was in the car and he said it. And then like Wade or someone was in the car and Wade's and like, and then we just kept saying it. And like, so I go, that's our catchphrase. That's our catchphrase. And one day Wade had a promo after we did something on TV or a pay-per-view and there was just, he, he was amazing at being able to handle looking back. He was so far he was superior to all of us. I felt as far as being able to handle the promos. Okay. Um, he's a very in, intelligent individual yeah. and everybody there is, but like it, 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 he always handled that pressure. I felt better than everybody else, which is why he was the leader. The, and he had just cut a promo on something and there was a gap and I could tell he was forming his thoughts or he needed to close. And I walked right behind him and I go, drop the line wade mm. and then he goes you're either nexus or you're against us and that was the fuck it just came off perfect and the week after we had shirts Whoa. That, and like <laughs> and it was we're off and running and it was just an amazing amazing thing um and we were it happened so fast but it was i'm thankful for every moment of it man all That's, right that leads us to eventually to the infamous ankle injury which, which not a lot is known about that so I think injuries, of, especially this one in particular, I think maybe we'll leave for uh, the next episode. We're 41 minutes deep into this podcast. I'll plug some stuff. Go to feedmemore.com. Please check out WrestleProOnline.com or CreativeProWrestling.com. I'm Buck Never Stops on Twitter. I am the big guy Ryback, and you've just listened to an episode of Conversation with the Big Guy. Thank you. It's the Labor Day sale at Ace. Now through Monday only, buy two gallons of our top paint brands, Valspar, Clark & Kensington, and Royal, and get the third gallon free. And with the Ace Extra Mile promise, if it ever takes more than one trip to complete your paint project, we'll bring you what you need and deliveries free. Don't miss the buy two, get one free paint sale only at Ace. Limit two free gallons of equal or lesser value. Prices may vary. Delivery subject to availability. Visit acehardware.com for more details.